press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, are you a big pill or a, a will pill? <laughs> I'm so mad that you did that. <laughs> it's cringeworthy, but not as cringeworthy as Rue's caffeine enema that occurred. What was going on on this past week's Drag Race? I'm seriously worried about RuPaul. I love it. I think it's so fun and cracked. It reminds me of like the early seasons when there wasn't as much of like a direct formula all the time. And Rue was like, very happy to be there. Now, sometimes yeah. I feel like it's very business as usual. Agreed. Yeah. Rue seemed really energized the last couple of weeks in general. It's a good season yeah, she so did. far. She, she kicked off the season by saying that she's doing drag race all over the world, but she keeps coming back for the original recipe. You're right. Well, maybe it's because there was the alleged nightmare experience of doing the down under one right yeah wasn't that supposed to be like a nightmare rue hated it yeah and the uk series three filmed in like 11 days according to sources online see i think that's that's not true though right how can there's they film no way it was season? true maybe 11 business days like maybe they broke Perhaps. it up over like three weeks or something and there was like a holiday in there in the middle and they like couldn't film or something i don't know i don't know how they did it i still think that kitty sky claw should have won Season three yeah, of the UK one. Yeah. We can spoil anyway, it at this point. Who do you love on um, season 14? Wait, season 14? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do love the aforementioned Willow Pill, but I didn't think yeah. I was going to. Yeah, me too. And I'm, I'm actually really, really loving cornbread. I think everybody's loving cornbread. Star. Star. Yeah. Star, star. I think uh, this season is full of a lot of really original queens, which is fun too. I love Carrie Colby. Um, of course, we've seen Jasmine Kennedy perform many times in New York. You saw Alyssa uh, Hunter in Columbus, Ohio. I, saw, I did see Alyssa Hunter in Columbus, How Ohio. was she in real life? I didn't she know her great. before the season. No, and I wish she would have been in, out, of, out of drag because she's a very cute boy. Such but, a cute boy, I know. But was great on stage, great persona. It's all a really great lineup this season. Love it. Oh my God, I can't wait to see where it goes. Were you not gagged when Rue brought the two eliminated queens back already? I feel like it was such a whatever moment on the episode. We have that now, but I will say I was in Kansas City over the weekend. I know, random as hell. And to see our best friend Isaac and all of the gays there went to college with Diabetti. So they had all spoiled it. They all knew and oh, so it wasn't a gag. She has a lot to give. It was not a gag. Nope. Not for me. But I think we should have <laughs> expected them all to come back anyways. I mean, that's sort of what happens now. Hey, if there's like 15, 16 episodes per season and there's 14 queens and two of them are gone in the first two, they're going to need to fill the episodes, right? So yeah, we'll see. And there's the chocolate, the candy bar save. Thing, oh my God. So we'll get into that in a second. I don't know how I feel. But anyway, Dylan. Well, our guest has been nodding along. And so I think we're going to have to bring him in to see if he has any thoughts to add on or disagree with anything we've said, but Please. I'm going to read him in. Yes. Do us the pleasure. Our guest today is Roland on a river as Ike Turner and Tina, the Tina Turner musical on Broadway. This triple threat is no stranger to the New York stage, having performed in both kinky boots and King Kong on Broadway. You also might've been lucky to hear his gorgeous vocals live in the national tour of something rotten. He recorded the single 
Ordinary Day on Tadra Call's number one pop album, Forbidden, which was on my Spotify wrapped in like 2018. Um, he notably received a Broadway World Award for his portrayal of Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. Additional credits from his resume include James Brown and James Brown Live at the Apollo Music Cafe, Shrek the Musical as Donkey, Ragtime as Cole House, and Company. You also might recognize him as CJ on The Get Down. His EP, Groove Machine, featuring his Pop Smash Award-nominated song Tonight, is available on all music platforms. We are gagged to welcome to drama Nick, Nick Rashad, Rashad Burroughs. Hey, hey, you guys. I'm so happy to be here. We are so happy yeah. to have you. You're a drag race person. Absolutely. Team Cornbread for me and Miss Angie. Yes. You can't, you can't forget Miss Angie doing a very perfect job so far. It's, maybe it's, should have won the, the challenge. The ball Maybe should have. We love Willow Pill, but maybe, maybe she lost. I... I <laughs> Rue doesn't want to like unfairly give all the wins to any queen too early. I think that's what that was. Mm -hmm. Could that be a final three already? Cornbread and then Willow and Angie. Yeah. I just love the idea that everyone doubted Willow for a second when she came out in her interest look, which I thought was Mm -hmm. brilliant to, to come in there with like the like least amount. And it's his (laughs) angle. Like, and she goes, where am I? That was, that was hilarious, but it takes balls to do that. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie on The Simple Life. Like they were in on the joke, you know? Very nice. So I'm excited to see what she does. I think she's the one that's going to surprise literally all of America. Yeah. Have you been a long time Drag Race viewer? Yeah. Well, now, yeah. When I joined Kinky Boots, that's what catapulted me into the life because I had no choice. It was sure. my whole life. When we were in the Angels dressing room at Kinky Boots... It's just, if you didn't watch Drag Race the night before, it's just like, you felt lonely and bored. Uh-huh. <laughs> what season was airing at the time? I started on eight and I knew Bob and Bob's my good friend. And so like, I was like, oh, well, of course I'll watch this. I know like half of the New York Queens for the first time in my life. So let's, let's see this. And then hooked. Yeah. Hooked. Well, Bob was amazing. We joined like, I think two years later, but yeah, I remember that season had Thorgy, who I loved. I hated that they sort of pitted the two of them against each other, but. Well, honestly, they did it. Thorgy yeah. did that. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Very true. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, I freaking love Bob. Maybe one of the best to ever do it, right? Honestly, my top three, like I lo- just a, a serious celebrity, a comedian, a star, and just a personality that you want to know and see. like Yeah. So you're one of the angels in Kinky Boots. Did they give you like a crash course on drag makeup or was it more stage makeup? Oh, interesting. I've never oh, wondered. Oh, so, yeah. It's like these angels, we are really out here acting like the art form of drag is just some yes. simple, easy thing to do in a day. <laughs> because they give us like one good government lesson. No, that I mean they like, they are with us. But it's hard. Like, I have never done anything with makeup in my life. Well, I understudy Lola. And so when I would do Lola, I was like, oh, awesome. They, they like, do your makeup because they change you from a girl to a boy to a girl to a boy yes. every time you're on the stage. It's like, it's the most intense makeup thing for any man on stage, I think. Name enough. Well, no, probably Mrs. Doubtfire is a lot. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Maybe. but as the angels, we, we come in hour earlier and we usually have like earlier wig preps because we just to like help us get there earlier to do our makeup we just had to get in there and get on youtube and not (laughs) 
We just had to fight to not be that ugly one. That was what it was. <laughs> taught us it and said, all right, it's up to you now. You can be ugly on Broadway if you want. It's on you. So, so um, did Bob give you any tips? Did you know Bob at that point? Uh, Bob actually beat my face for the show one day. Um, I want to be your face. Can I please be your face? I was like, yes, Bob. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I would love that. And so one day, I just like in my angel trap, I looked exactly like Bob. Exactly. <laughs> same face. That makes you Bob's drag daughter. I low-key... Loki am. I actually could have should have claimed that years ago. Why did I talk about that? <laughs> Retroactively. Did you take a photo? Oh, I have a photo. I will send you a photo. I might be able to pull up. Yes, please. <laughs> if, if you it will we'll remind you, but that is so fun. Uh, Kinky Boots is one of my all-time favorites. And we've had so many people come on and talk about it. And we've never talked to anyone specifically about being an angel and everything. But were you on a full-time angel track every show? Yes. So I was an angel every day. And I understudied Lola. And that was my Broadway debut. I got kinky right out of school. I was at the University of Alabama. I'm a preacher's kid who was uh, not out to the family, you know. Wow. When I booked Kinky Boots, I totally lied to everyone about what I was doing. Uh, we have since then talked, and my mother is my champion. Love her. She's the queen of life. Yeah. She's Viola. I love her. Before this, you know, I'm a sweet little preacher's kid from Alabama. So, and I was just, when I got the audition, that's a long story short, I didn't think that I was going to get it. And I was auditioning for the tour, but I was like, I'm in college. This is a big opportunity. So I got to, I know I'm not going to get this because I usually give this to experienced people, but I got to give this all I have. I can't tell my mama what I'm auditioning mm. for. So I literally just like lied and said that I was auditioning for the role of Simon. Right. Who was a boxer. <laughs> not <laughs> untrue. I, that's not yep, false. Yep. <laughs> Just not the full other part where he's a dragon. And so um, I was living in Alabama and I was flying back and forth for that audition process seven times in a month. I flew back and forth. I got me a little job at some um, restaurant in Alabama to pay for the plane tickets. Yeah. And then I was auditioning for the tour, though, and last minute booked the Broadway production and had to move from Alabama to New York in a week's time. And that's when I was like, so Ma, uh, remember that audition I've been going on? Turns out, babe, I got it. I didn't know it was going to really be like that. And so I was like, it's going to be, you might see some crazy things. So I literally joined the show as an angel and understudied never posting about it. And then later I did, and it was crazy. And then it was amazing. But yes, I can't, like, that's that's the full tea on the Kinky Boots story. My story uh, to Broadway is insane. I literally got lied to my family about my Broadway job. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, that's so much. From Alabama to start my life in New York City as a like new, like closeted man trying to be like, oh, this is what I could be. This is amazing. Wait, okay, wait. So were you closeted in Alabama the whole time you were there? I was, yes, just to like a few of my friends uh, in college that only knew. So she was Um, DL. uh, She was DL. DL. A little I mean, she was DL to survive. Yeah. I lived in Alabama. Well, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you what the gay scene was like in Alabama, but there ain't no gay scene. Everybody's on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> but it's better now. It's better, like it's. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's better now. Like a lot of that has changed, and but like. I still, if anybody randomly from Alabama is watching this, I encourage y'all to be better about queer spaces. Mm. How about that? Definitely. Yes. Oh, yeah. How old were you when you were like, 
Mm, I might be interested in men. I mean, very, mm. very early. But like, I just, you know, you learn that that's a no-no. Right. And, and then you and you live in a place where it's a really big no-no mm. and you do all the like toxic suppressing. So I did all the toxic masculine stuff. I played the played all the sports that didn't help. But um, <laughs> I played, yeah. so I just like and, but I also lo, like quite as quite. I'm a bisexual man. So I also like had a great time. I just didn't know there was another side that was amazing to me. So like I just I really did think that I was straight. And because I would but being like, I think they're they're so hot. But no, no, I have a girlfriend mm. and I like her. It's, it's fine. It's fine. And there and probably then, wasn't a lot of bi representation at that point. We still really don't have it. But we have you now. Still we not. have you now. Bisexuality is a whole joke. I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm aware. When you tell somebody that, they'll be like, oh, okay. Like, it's that type of thing. But it's just something that I even newly, like, started identifying as. But I still identify as gay because that is what I that is the identification that I felt the most mm-hmm. myself when I felt free to do that yeah and uh and that all came from kinky boots it really did kinky boots changed my life in that way that's so powerful I love to hear that you were so fascinating Nick I, I there are so many things that we want to dig into but I realized we never asked you the question that we ask all of our guests to kick things off and that is are you well oh I am so well oh my I'm like currently living my dreams like I've always wanted to be a leading man on Broadway and uh I just finished that first week last week so like when everybody's asking me how are you doing I'm like babes I'm like I'm actually through the moon I love my Tina Turner cast so much I love Tina Turner so much so I just feel grateful and blessed to be where I'm at I, I feel very happy Oh, I'm I'm so happy for you. Living the dream going from you were, were you standing by or swinging? I was original cast member in Tina and I was in the ensemble okay. understudying Ike. And I had only gone on for Ike Turner about four times. I was about to do an entire week of Ike with Adrian Warren. Uh, right before, and my family was coming. It was a whole thing. My fa- And then that's when the pandemic, like mm. a a few days before that's when the beginning of the pandemic stopped and all the shows shut down. That's uh, devastating. Like, now I got my full week. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I went to see Tina in October and Ad- I loved the show. It was such a crowd pleaser. And Adrian Warren was just out of this world. I mean, the hype was so real. It was so real. Everyone's like, this performance is life changing. And then I saw it and I was like, yeah, it is life-changing. Outrageous performance. Like, I, it's one of the top three. I mean, I say top three, but it's like low-key the best thing I've ever seen. It really was. I, I, I told it all the time. I'm like, girl, that was, that's one of the top things that's ever happened in life, what you just did. <laughs> so congrats. She slayed. Amazing. Absolutely slayed. Um, yeah. And Ike is a great role. I mean, you get so much to do. It's a cha- it's honestly pro- maybe the trickiest part in the show too. I mean you you know him better than I do, but it's tough cuz the audience knows you in a way, but they don't always love you, you know? It's crazy. Like I always say like in this process, I'm like learning how to go about press, literally press with this because th- here is this man that has done these unforgivable things. He has done evil complete evil and my job 
as an actor is to learn about this man and learn. I've done all this research on him and understanding what, why he got there. And this is the heart of this is truly, we're dealing with a man with mental health who never got any chance to, to do that does not excuse anything he's done. And this man with this, all these issues and all these things coming at him was the man who invented rock and roll and still kept getting pushed aside. And all, and all the, his ways of coping was that was taking his anger out on people that he could control, mm-hmm. i.e. black people in his camp, not the white people that were taking things away from him. Mm-hmm. And the person that suffered from that the most was the person he loved the most. And that is Tina Turner. And so it is a very, it's so, I mean, I have to say when I was rehearsing it, it's the darkest role I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from a person who loved playing Judas. Like, this is very dark. Broadway World Award-winning um, Judas performance. Ooh, listen. <laughs> but I also am just, I'm not a villain or nothing, but I'm also attracted to those, to those stories. And the reason I am attracted to those stories is because I like to get into the depth of why they became mm-hmm. that. That makes me want to dive into the character more as opposed to just seeing like, oh, that's the villain. That's a bad person. He's did this to her. He's canceled. It's like, yes, he is all those things. But my job for the story to benefit Tina is to like get to the heart of why he was that way. Why is he Tina Turner's biggest obstacle? Why is he the one that Tina Turner has to survive? And what did he do to do just... What did he go through to get there? So it's been a lot, but it's been awesome. And it's been like of my life. And but I feel like it's also in my wheelhouse, but it's like something I never got to show anybody in the community what that I do. Cause I'm, yeah. you know, I'm the loud singing comedic relief usually. Mm-hmm. But my dark sided ass is usually like loving to play these types of <laughs> <laughs> So did you have to ultimately audition? for this replacement? Yeah, I still have to audition. So they the they asked me to audition. I was like, yeah, okay, of course. When uh the amazing Daniel J. Watts, who was nominated for a yes. Tony for this part, who just left us, we love him so much. He is incredible. I love him forever. He is an amazing man. He put in his notice to go. And during that time, I, I clocked it forever ago. I was like, <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when they asked, I was like, all right, guns are blazing, but it was a full audition process and I was lucky enough to be the one. Uh, well, I was thrilled. I've been following your career for so long because I'm a huge Todrick fan. And so when you were in Forbidden singing the very poignant Ordinary Day song, I have obviously hit that follow button on Instagram and been following you ever since. And so I have yet to see Tina, but I'm very excited to be able to catch you in it. You got to come see us. And that was so much fun doing that during ordinary day with Todrick. That was the crazy. That was during something rotten. He sent me a text. He sent me a text in like the middle of it and was just like, Hey, uh, I have this like really cool thing that I want you to sing in. Uh, um, uh, we got, um, uh, who, what's her name? Why am I blanking? Oh, oh, why am I blanking? <laughs> we have Brandy, uh, RuPaul and, um, um, Jennifer Lewis are all going to be in this thing and I want you to come mm. can you come in here in a couple of days and I fly you out and I was like a couple of days and I like had to like be like hey something rotten um, this is like, like a random lifetime thing that I have to do can you help me and luckily they did and then I went to go film it in LA I had never done anything like that 
And I was just looking, we were on the set of, I think, if I'm right, somebody will say, but I think it was, what's the good? Yeah, Pretty, Pretty Little, Little Liars. Liars. No. Mm-hmm. Or that's, that's Warner Brothers, right? Warner yeah. Brothers? Yes, Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers. Oh, then you it's know, Warner I'm Brothers. I'm a huge Pretty Little Liars fan, Nick. I know you were like, you knew that. That's why you brought it up to me, so. Well, babe, we were on the set. That was basically the neighborhood that of Ordinary Day when we're doing that out, we're outside yeah, being yeah. all positive and stuff. Oh, I'm glad to totally see that now. And I mean, also Cynthia Erivo, Kayla Settle, like so many people were in that. Oh my God. So, yeah. I mean, it Tiffany was like Haddish, countless, right? like it was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish. That's what I was trying to say. And I, I was about to say to Roger, <laughs> but that's disrespectful. But those are two amazing different women. So I, that was just what naturally wanted to come out. But um, yes, I, I couldn't believe I was yeah. in that lineup. It was how, do you, how do you know Todd Drake? Me and Tadra got so close at Kinky Boots. Oh, right. he, when he joined Kinky Boots, I was his understudy as Lola. And we had the most fun, like just cutting up, realizing how similar we were. And then from that, our friendship just like kept going. And then he's, I've done, I've worked with him a lot now. Like I'm one of his people that he's like, do you like this? Like how, how's the song? And, and he's that for me too. Cause like, he's like been a giant help in me getting like moving into the recording industry and like singing and I work with the same with the same the same people that I did mm-hmm. Forbidden on that when I did Ordinary Day with the same p- music producers they worked with me on my first single and they've been working on me with my EP so it's just like been a family of that type of vibe and I love him so freaking much I love it I love that he is so generous and that all these different people will turn out for him because he really? works so hard and because they know they're going to put out a good product. Oh, absolutely. Wait, so yeah, you mentioned that you guys have a lot in common and you mentioned that you're from Alabama. We do like to kind of go back to the, to the roots and, and sort of learn a little bit about your, your beginnings. Yes, we call it the ring of keys moment. It's like that moment of recognition when you were, you know, maybe watching something or experiencing something and you realized you had a love for the performing arts, whether it was just an interest or a want to get involved in it in some way. Do you feel like you had that moment? I definitely did. Because like I said, uh, I was living in Alabama. I, I played football, ran track, box, baseball. Like I just, that was, that was just my, I was like, you have to be good at sports because you you do not have a rich family. You have to get a scholarship mm. for sports. Boom, boom, boom. So that was like what I was doing. But meanwhile, just letting my church have it every (laughs) Sunday, just like acting like I was Beyonce on the church stand, just because that was my only way of performing was I did sports and then at church I performed. And so Ruben Stuttered was the biggest thing in the world in Alabama at the time, because I'm from Alabama. He won American Idol and he was from Alabama and everybody was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever happened to Alabama we never have achievements and so like he was doing Ain't Misbehaving uh mm-hmm. the Ain't Misbehaving tour and they came to Alabama I didn't know what Ain't Misbehaving was I didn't know about theater or anything but um my mom my mom's friend had tickets and she was like I got tickets to this this uh thing but I got but two people bailed out yeah, yeah um you want to come she was like no, give it to give it to Judy and, and it, my sister and me. And so she like let me and my sister like go with uh, her friend who we, we knew her friend too. Like, and so we like went to see the show. We were like, oh, we gonna see Ruben? <laughs> what is a play? It was like very that we didn't even know what we were seeing. And it was the first time that I saw people that look like me being glamorous on stage 
and being stars and like doing musical theater. And I was like, that, what is that? I, I, I have to do that. I don't know what that is. And then after that, I remember specifically after that day, getting on YouTube, looking up Ain't Misbehaving, figuring out that that was called musical theater mm -hmm. and then learning about musical theater. And then I saw the Tony performance of Sudden Foster doing um, Thoroughly Modern Millie and Babes. I was hooked from there on out. I was like, theater is it. And then I just like started just stalking it until it like popped up in my life. Wow. So when was, when did you ultimately take the stage in a show? So my freshman year of high school, I was there to be on the, I, to be on the track team. I did not want to play football at Shades Valley High School because the football team at the time was trash. And if anybody listening from Shades Valley, I'm sorry to disrespect you. <laughs> but I didn't want to be on the, on the team because I was like, I can't get a scholarship from here. And I was like, okay, if I do, if I do track, boom, I'm fast. Let's go. But that didn't start till the next semester. And so I was just going to be in limbo waiting uh, for an uh, after school activity. And my sister, who went to middle school like across the street, and my mom had to be there for some like whatever. She was the first day of school. She took forever picking her up. So I was the lame kid on the first day of school with my mom taking 45 minutes to get me. Oh. But because of that, my friend asked me, he who knew I could sing from church. He was like, you want to come with me? And I have to do this audition thing for this thing. Like, just come, like, since you're waiting. And then I literally just went with him because we were talking and he was like, I got to go. So you can come with me or you can stay. So I went, I watched and everybody was just singing. And I was just like, let me get up there. And then I sang... Uh, what I thought was a Fantasia original, uh, Summertime. Summertime. I knew you were going to say Summertime, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, so what are you going to sing? This is up there acapella. I was like, I'm going to sing um, Summertime by Fantasia. So uh, here goes, not knowing that it's like brilliantly from Porgy and Bess. But um, <laughs> so I did that and then I like did good and like left, didn't think anything of it. I was like the worst. I actually got in trouble for being too loud. I didn't take it seriously. And then the next day, my friend had to tell me that I was on the cast list. I was in Songs for a New World and the play, their, their competition play, and then some hip hop musical that the, our director wrote lovely name uh dancing with the unicorn that is a true story it is a hip-hop story about a girl who has a dream about a unicorn that guides her through um high school um so i was i got cast in three shows and so naturally when i saw that i was overwhelmed because i didn't even know what casting was and i was like ma, ma i just got cast in all this stuff and it needs me to do stuff after rehearsal and she was like well did you audition for it? i was like yeah but i was joking well you shouldn't have auditioned we don't quit in this house and that was literally what she said i did not quit it i did it i did the first week to see how i felt and it was the first time that i was like surrounded by weirdos like me and not jocks you know what i mean so I like, mm -hmm. oh, who are you crazy people i'm one of you this is amazing and that's when i was like it took me literally a long two days and I was like, Hey, yeah. My the director asked me, did I want a scholarship in theater or did I want it in sports? And I said, theater, theater, this, I want that. I want to do this. And I changed my mind completely after that. Wow. Wait. So, so you were in songs for new world. Do you remember what you sang in it? I sang steam train. Love it. And I sang the river don't flow for you. You know, it's high school. So they didn't split it up with four people. So uh -huh. like, right, right. They couldn't let, and nobody can sustain that in high school, babes. Yeah, oh yeah. my God, yeah. 
my voice would have been out. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I did Steam Train and um and River Don't Flow for You No No. And I had basketball choreography and I threw the basketball into the front of the audience and hit uh, our friend's grandmother in the face with the basketball. Oh my God. You were trouble. I was trouble. I really was. Like, it's amazing (laughs) that I'm here right now. (laughs) So did you end up getting a scholarship to college then for theater? I did. I ended up getting a scholarship to University of Alabama. And I went to University of Alabama for theater. Lived my dreams. Got my training in. Boom, bam, bam. And then just worked as hard as I could. And then I luckily got kinky boots out of school. And it was the first of my life. That all because of Ruben stuttered. All because of Ruben stuttered. I was like low key jealous of Ruben. Like, I, like if you ever see this Ruben, I'm giving you your flowers. You're amazing. This is, this is not me talking about you. But I remember being like, who is this man from Alabama that everybody's going crazy about? Mm-hmm. I can do that. Uh-huh. I, I still haven't yet to reach the greatness of what I mean. He wrote, "This is my sorry for 2004." I ain't gonna mess up no more. Y'all don't know the song, no, but that's we, okay. we were oh. big idol people. Huge, Huge idol people. <laughs> Love yes. it. So I was Huge. like, okay, clearly you were too if you're like referencing Fantasia. I was a fan. I was jealous of what I'm getting at. I was just jealous that he was the gag of Alabama. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, now you're the gag of Alabama. I'm trying. I'm still not Ruben, but you know. <laughs> well, maybe one year you'll be in Ruben and Clay's annual Christmas pageant thing that they did. Honestly, what an honor. <laughs> Remember that moment in time? That was pre-pandemic vibes. Yes. <laughs> Nick is losing his mind laughing right now. Yeah, I love it. I, I would actually be through. Yeah, yeah, I know so, I know you would, which, which I love. Wait, I have to ask about another credit on your resume. You were in the the legendary King Kong production that was on at the Broadway Theater. Ooh. Were you one of the body parts of Kong? Uh, I was one of the body parts of the notorious snake that comes out. <laughs> that was scary. That was a scary moment. I want you to know that King Kong does not get the respect it, uh, it should. Because that is the hardest thing I have ever done. Whether you like that show or not, I dare any of you to try and do that eight times a week. But um, with that being said, I had a blast. I was challenged more than I've ever been as a dancer, um, as a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. um, as like honestly as like an ensemble like period like we really have to be like on one accord because my first rehearsal with the puppet um so i i replaced the incredible james t lane who was a legend and star and uh i replaced he got uh it's too darn hot oh is it called kiss me kate he got kiss me kate uh he they opened the show and he was only in the show for about a month before he booked Kiss Me Kate. And so uh, I, w- I was like immediate replacement. So I was like, people think that I was in the original Broadway company of King Kong. And I was like, kind of, <laughs> but like, no. But like I was in the first month, like they opened on Broadway and I like joined a few weeks later. And um, during that time, I got to watch the show a lot. And I was just like, oh, who told them that I do this? <laughs> and that I can't do this. So on the first puppet rehearsal I had, Everybody had already gotten a flow with the puppet. They already knew the bull that comes with trying to do a rehearsal with the puppet. I did it. So uh, I'm in there ready, like, hmm, okay, let's do it. I'm not going to hold anyone back. I'm going to do great in this rehearsal. Let's go. All right. First, first puppet move. And go. The snake 
comes, I'm supposed to, when the snake comes, I'm supposed to grab the head of the snake and control, like, it, like, zooms down, I catch it, and then I put it on Kong's arm as to bite. Mm -hmm. I'm the puppeteer for the head of the snake. So anytime the snake is moving his head or hissing his tongue, I am mm -hmm. putting my hand through a sock poppet and doing my and waving my hand to make it hiss this is yeah it's insane and so that's that's my job in that moment that's the first thing i have i come in i do it the thing i don't catch the head of the snake it actually hits me so hard in the eye my like knocks my contact completely out yeah. and i'm and like i don't even notice because i'm worried about my contact there's a whole like i'm talking about I just got beat up in Street Fighter. Like there is like a red, like bruise on my face. And everybody's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, babes, I'm fine. That was my last contact. Everyone stop moving. And like, <laughs> you're like the insurance didn't kick in yet. I was so. like, I got another pair of contacts till next week. And I got to see. Mm -hmm. So everybody. And so I remember that <laughs> putting my dirty contact no. back in my eye. In front of the cast that I had just met. That is how I started. They thought you were a crazy man, but also brave as hell. Yeah, they were just like, oh, well, they all knew that I was going to quit. <laughs> they, were like, they were just like, oh, he, they didn't seen the worst of it. Mm -hmm. Now he is about to us. That's what they all joked. They said, Nick ain't going to stay here. He's about to. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> What a cool experience too. Like the, it, it was a moment in time and I, I feel bad for anybody who didn't see it because it was really, it was such a spectacle and so cool and such a different thing for Broadway. And Christiane Pitts is a star. Yeah. Star. Absolute star. And everyone in that show actually is amazing. Some of the best dancers and performers I have ever worked with. Fearless performers. That, I mean, it was just like, sure, if you if you don't like the show, you don't like the show. But if you see what the cast is doing, I, it's it's actually so undeniable. And we won um, we won a Cheetah Rivera Award for Best Ensemble, oh. so that felt good. That type of recognition, so well deserved, because it would not have worked without all the moving parts of everybody on that stage, right? I mean. And plus, one of my biggest Broadway crushes, Casey Garvin, was definitely oh, in no. King Kong. So, just as hot as it gets, we all love Casey Garvin. We love him so. Just much. as hot as it gets, for He's real. Hot as it gets. He's like Mister Incredible. Yes, we get it. <laughs> but like young Mister Incredible, though. Right, right. Like when they did yeah. in the first movie when they go back to the robbery. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he's like snatched. Yeah. 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 When he's like, yeah, that that's giving Casey Garber to me, but brown, brown hair. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Wait, I need to ask because like you mentioned it earlier that you have your own music going on now, and I know that you have a show coming up at the Cutting Room. This is going to come out after that, so hopefully you'll have something else down the line that people can buy tickets to to support you. But what is the storyline with your music? So I have been writing music since I was a kid. Uh, that was like one of the things that me and my dad bonded over. We would literally write uh, songs about anything in the living room just growing up. That was just so like, I always had like a love for songwriting, not necessarily like before I knew anything about musical mm -hmm. theater, but just like song and so it was just always like my little way of my journaling my little thing that I always kept to myself and during during the pandemic this is my tea I was supposed to be after Tina didn't uh, shut down before that but I got asked to do American Idol and um 
and they just saw like my, f- clips from my James Brown show that I did, and they were just like, "Oh, we want to get more American Idol." And then they were just like, "Oh," and they were like, "We want to have you be one of the people that you come on, and like we like you don't have to wait in line. We like bring you in with the, that type mm-hmm. of thing." And I was like, "Oh, wow, so honored, beyond honored." And then I did it, and then like it went really well. And then they were like, "Boom, we want to bring you up, but you have to come and do the audition uh, this day." And it was like, wow, I was in previews for TV. Mm. It was like the first time this happened. And I was like, oh, no, man, I can't. And I was like, can I, like, come and then, like, go back and just miss a couple? Like, and they was like, yeah, they essentially, long story short, they really wanted me. But the only way that they can get me is for if I were to do if I were to quit Tina and they were pretty confident that I was going to do that. But I was just like, I'm so sorry. Like this would ruin my reputation in the mm-hmm. community. If I like, well, not, maybe it wouldn't ruin it, but it would put some stank on my name for a minute. If I like right before our show opened, I left right. and I was very nervous about it. So I told them I can't do it this time around, but if there's another season, I would love to. And then, so during all of that, you can imagine I'm like th- rebranding myself and like thinking of myself. I'm like, oh my God, American Idol called me. They think of me as a recording artist. You always wanted to be a recording artist. Why don't you just start being mm-hmm. like, okay, well then get into it. And then, so the pandemic hit and then they called me again and I was like, oh my, perfect. I'm, the, the show is done. I don't know when it's coming back. Mm-hmm. And uh, they called me to come be in the show and to audition for the show. And it was like the same producers, except for like a couple, couple new people. And so long story short in that, I'm like, oh, thank you, God. I got something awesome. Since it, while Tina's on break, I'll do this American Idol thing and I'll be on the pandemic season. Mm. And, um, and then so when I did it, everything went so well. I felt so good. I was like, mm. and then they were just like, we love you. It's because of the pandemic, there's just like too much. Like they, they decided to go with this amount of people and you didn't make that cut. So like, and I was just like, uh, I didn't make the cut. Y'all was ready for me to quit my Broadway job. <laughs> I made the cut the first time. What's going on now? And like, so I remember being so mad and then being like, whatever I've wanted. Like I was, I did all this work on myself, like writing all these songs and all, and like, just so if I did American Idol that like I would be like I would be like boom I've already done the work of like figuring out who I am as a recording artist so since they didn't give it to me I just called Todrick and I was just like hey you know what I wrote this song and I want to do it um and uh, do you think the music producers from Forbidden would uh like work with me on this he was like yeah let me call them and they had such a good time with me so they were like hell yeah like we loved Ordinary Day and so like I just literally had, I just woke up one day and was just like, I'm going to LA. I'm going to finish that. And then I'm going to make a really extravagant music video. It was like that, that was my way of keeping myself sane during the pandemic. It was like, and then I raised all this money to make a really awesome music video with Kanye Iwana, who produced by Kanye Iwana, who is like, worked with Chloe and Hallie and Alicia Keys. Like I I just like was just using every connection I got and being like, hey you guys, I have a dream. Do you want to work with me? And it was like it built into that and I started to realize that it fulfilled me more than theater mm. did. And it always did because it was my first love. And so from that the music video was so successful. Some like pop radio show in Philly nominated my song 
tonight for a Pop Smash Radio Music Award. And I was just like, I didn't even know my song was on the radio over there. What do you mean? Like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't even know. And so, like, it, it just made me feel so good. And I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. This is what I've always wanted to do. This is what I did in secret before. This was my way of performing while I did sports. Right. So, like, so I'm just happy that I found it again. Because now it's just, I do my job on Broadway and I'm very grateful for that and then I fulfill myself with my music I love it way to wrap in your dose of drama with everything too and of course the song is called Tonight the video is so good I mean it is amazing it's worth all of the accolades that it's gotten and I can't wait to see what else is coming oh my gosh well listen before we go really quick we like to end on a dose of drama something to leave our listeners with to maybe go check out something you want to recommend rant about rave about anything like that and i just have to say we're several weeks into season two of euphoria and it remains one of my greatest television obsessions it's i mean the aesthetic is undeniable but it's just for the most part such original storytelling with great performances amazing music and um, Sydney Sweeney is really she's she's delivering this season. She really is. She really is. Are you a fan of Euphoria, Nick? I am a fan of Euphoria. You have to forgive me. I have all I I have only seen the first season, like first episode and episode halfway through. And I'm and I was and when I when I say halfway through, it was like I was like on a passionate journey to be like I'm about to watch all of Euphoria so that I can get all the tea on season two because I hate being out mm-hmm. of the loop and then I like had then like rehearsal got crazy and I had to leave and I, so I haven't had it but I want you to know that probably tonight I am going to like start my binging you for good yes so, the first episode that I know you're way past your past but for me the first episode is one of the best pilots I have ever oh, seen it's TV. amazing it's incredible and what you'll see Nick is that they drop so many little nuggets and short scenes in that pilot Throughout the first season, they will revisit them from all different perspectives and lengthen the scenes. And it, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, they've thought about everything they want to do from the start. And so for the re- that reason, too, it's you'll, you'll appreciate the pilot even more as you keep going. And they have that formula that Orange is a New Black had where you meet all these crazy outlandish characters that you think you don't really get to that you're not going to get to know. You're not going to. And then you and then like each episode passes yeah. like seeing the guy the 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 buff guy hey, yeah 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 seeing his episode start like the next day i was like oh my god so this is what this is mm-hmm. gonna be you're gonna we're gonna find out about why all these kids are toxic uh-huh. and yeah yes you know you already what's gonna happen i love it I, oh i mean like i'm a little different but my storyline was a little bit like his <laughs> i was like oh my god this is my white version of me what is happening <laughs> Uh, break out of this break. Keep, Keep watching. watching. Keep watching. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, my dose of drama is I was in Kansas, the aforementioned Kansas City over the weekend. And I need to say that being shady and mean is not a personality trait that I think is attractive if you're meeting a new gay person for the first time. And there's no reason to not just be nice and friendly. Not everyone who talks to you wants to fuck you. Very say good. that. Say that. Why say that again? It, ooh, <laughs> the community can get so exhausting on that. Thanks so to true. all of the wonderful people I met who were amazing and warm and welcoming. Nick, you mentioned your dose of drama was your American Idol saga. Do you have anything else that's maybe on your mind today before we say goodbye? My dose of drama is I would like everyone to be easier on Chloe Bailey while she figures out this transition to be the next Beyonce. That's my dose of drama. If I have to like 
argue with someone else in a club being like, I love her, but she's doing too much. Let her do too much. Okay. She's figuring out. And one day she's going to grow into the, I'm, I'm, I love. Oh, I mean, unreal. Love. I have the same birthday as Beyonce. So I love Beyonce. I'm very. Virgo. Virgo. And uh, and, uh, you're Virgo. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just know that Beyonce is on it. Like, I just need people to trust that Beyonce sees that she's, she's wild, but that she's on it and she's going to pass the torch incredibly. Definitely. That's I agree. Chloe's so amazing. That video is incredible. The song is incredible. And she doesn't have, you know, the little mermaid like Hallie does. So she's, she's got to figure out. Figure it out. She's figuring it out. And she doesn't have it completely figured out yet, but name someone else with more talent. You re- like name one of the younger girls right now. The gr- these young we girls, love Olivia yeah. Rodriguez. We love her. Yeah. It's brutal out here, but name one person that is doing what Chloe Bailey is doing talent-wise. Did you see that video where she's like just sitting like forward facing the camera singing? It just it just made the routes yesterday or the day before. Me and my friend were dying laughing about I was like, why is she so horny? Like she's I know. so horny, but I don't care. Keep going. I love it. Was it was a legendary moment. I mean, that's like, you know, when you're talking about people who are like legendary status or like, you know, really becoming an icon. You need to have these moments like that. It, it, and it takes an icon to make very ballsy, bold choices like that. Oh, well, I Nick, love this it. was a dream. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I know that you've got a great rehearsal to get off to, but we are so thankful that you did our, our podcast and we hope to meet you at some point down the line. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Y'all are amazing. And we have to, we have to have a whole Kiki now, like in person since we just had such a- from your lips. And of course, everyone should follow you to keep up with your music and everything else that's going and on. Go see you in Tina. R- yeah. Yeah. You're at Nick R Burroughs on Twitter and Instagram, right? And your music is on Spotify and Apple and all that good stuff. Uh-huh. Nick Rashad Burroughs on all music platforms. That's right. We'll have all the links below. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you so much. For anyone who's not following us, check us out at the Drama Podcast. Connor at Connor McDowell, me at Dylan McDowell, and Connor. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.